0: Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions.
1: Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly.
0: Hey, produce people. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here, coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is July 4th, 2022, and it is Independence Day here in the United States, so happy 4th of July, everyone. A couple announcements before we get started today. Did you join the virtual networking hour last Wednesday with our sponsor, Anna Tools? It was a great event, and we are always intrigued to learn more about data. Now, for the month of July, we have two events going on. We've got OPS, the Organic Produce Summit in Monterey. And then right after that, the IFPA Food Service event in Monterey. So back to back, we've got a few organic and food service trade events that are happening. So hopefully we will be able to see you there. Dan the Produce Man will be live at OPS. We also want to welcome our new sponsor, Citrus America. That's right, we are juicing across America. And not only America, we're juicing right here in Tampa, everyone. Our featured guest today is brought to you by our fancy sponsor, Ag Tools, very own Miguel Montero. We are going to be making data fun again, talking about just fun produce items and how to integrate data. So come join us today on Independence Day as we see more, achieve more with Ag tools and last but not least i want to thank all of the sponsors here at the produce industry podcast and show for helping create dynamite content for the dynamite industry that we know and love hey miguel welcome back to the show
1: it's great to be here patrick great to hear your voice great to be here with your listeners
0: Hey, listen, it's Independence Day. It's July 4th. And, you know, Miguel, everybody always asks me, like, why don't you just skip the holiday and just go ahead and, you know, send it on Sunday or Tuesday? And I'm always like, well, I want it to be live. I want it to be real. And we also got to remember that this platform has worldwide listeners. So some days aren't holidays to other countries, right, Miguel? Exactly,
1: exactly. And we, and we know that too, because uh, some uh, people that do call us and that we serve, they're all over the world. So just because it's holiday here doesn't mean it's holiday over there. You're absolutely right, Patrick. I'm and with again, you, I'm with you. Nothing like being live.
0: Right. And respect the holidays, because obviously uh, overseas and everything, there's always holidays going on. We just got to respect it. But know that there's people still out there commercing in fresh produce. Right. They're out there still doing it, even if it's a holiday here. But I'm glad to be here. Fresh produce is on the rise, everyone, especially during the summer seasons. Miguel and I were off the line chatting a little week ago, over a week ago. And we were like, listen, we have. Produce, everyone. We got watermelons. We got pineapples. We got shish kebabs going. We got peppers and onions and jalapenos. I mean, think about all the things that is happening on this day Miguel Well, then that's how we're gonna start it. I mean, how much fun is it? You know, besides you know me being in Florida and it being like 117 degrees. You know, like a blow dryer. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm looking forward to barbecue and I'm looking forward to hanging out and obviously making my fruit plate.
1: Of course, and and that's exactly what. It's all about when you say fruit plate, you're not talking about a fruit, right? You're talking about a combination of products. So that is really what's on everybody's mind. How how am I going to get a little bit of everything that I'm accustomed or would like to have? Because not every fruit gets, it's grown every single month of the year. Yet we're accustomed to have all kinds of choices, right? We want to go to the store and be able to find anything we're looking for. So uh, that creates a lot of pressure, Patrick, for everyone in the commercialization of produce, trying to figure out how do we get product from whatever so I can have it on everybody's table, particular here in the United States, for July 4th. It is a challenge, but it is doable.
0: 100%. You know, I'm going to go back to last 4th of July. So we're, we're rewinding the tapes to July of 2021, I went over to my brother's uh, in-law's house uh, to spend the day over there. And I told him that I would bring the fruit.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> There's the new motto. Bring no, the pressure, fruit, right? no pressure, no <laughs> pressure. And uh, so I decided, you know, uh, a friend of mine sent me a bunch of the Kiss melons. So I had the Sugar Kiss, the Summer Kiss, the Kiss limone. I mean, you name it. And I had all of these melons and I actually made like a melon tray and what was interesting was is we all ended up circling the tray and we were all trying each, Ooh, Ooh, what's this one? Oh, wait, what? That tastes like, Oh, let me try this one. And by the end of the 12 minutes of, of us being around it, we had killed like five melons, all different types, right? Those kiss melons are different varieties. Right. Um, but we killed them and it was crazy. Cause I was like, how am I going to top this next year?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, I tell you what, the the fact that you could have so many choices, it's what makes even the event fun, right? Because we yeah we have our hamburgers and our cheeseburgers and the shish kebabs, but the fact is, folks do enjoy variety, and, and that is a big challenge, Patrick. It's a big challenge. You cannot stock up on fresh, just to solve inventory issues. You can't. You know you have to. No, have you got to eat it exactly. Yeah, and you have to have it right when you have. It. Remember our fruits. When they are pulled from that tree or that ground plant, whatever, it it begins to die. It, so you need to move fast. You know, it, I always, I'm always reminded of the can-can song. You know, like, dan, 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 dan. that's really what produce <laughs> is all about. Once you pull yes. that off the tree, you got to go. Uh, and and that's, that's the fun and the challenge as well of, of what we do in this industry.
0: 100%. I used to sell and import a lot of pineapples. I uh, say back in the days over about 10 years ago and I custom customers not consumers but customers in the produce industry you, you know buyers um, they would say hey you know as soon as you pick the pineapple and put it in storage it's gonna start ripening it's gonna start doing this right and we're like yeah it's it's not gonna get better with age right right <laughs> it's, right it's gonna yes you're right it, it ripens up a little bit in the transition but that's ripening to what that's ripening to spoil, right? I mean, obviously the sugar content will drop to the bottom, right? It goes to the core. Um, so there's certain things, but you are so right. I mean, this is perishable agriculture. Uh, exactly. As soon as, listen, it's so funny because you see an orange on a tree and then you see an orange in the store. It's so similar, Right. But what people don't understand is, and if you're a listener out there and you're new and you're like, what is this guy talking about? You go pick an orange that starts the timeline of it really starting to decay, like he said. So we have this process that goes through a cold chain that makes sure your product is safe right through this whole process before you put it in your belly.
1: Right, it's a small miracle to make that orange. It makes it all the way to the store. Uh, we we think it just came from around the corner, but it really doesn't. Let me let me give you an example because you mentioned pineapples, and I think that's a great one. Uh, one of the things that we're noticing when it comes to uh, data and, and the use of information, right? We, it's that we're seeing people on the commercial side, like you said, buyers, not consumers, but the the buyer in the in the, the retail store. They're looking at multiple variables to try to get the best pineapple at the best time. For example, they are now looking closely at weather. Why? Because there is a particular instance with pineapple, which is a it's a complex uh, item if, if you really think about it. A pineapple is a berry. It's a combination of multiple berries altogether. If you look at weather, there are some variables that affect the pineapple's bricks, right? That, that sugary, uh, delicious taste that folks are always looking, the, the freshness. So you could almost Almost start understanding the bricks on that particular crop that you're going to pick based on things like solar radiation, for instance. And that's why contextualized data it's helping retailers. Now they're still going to call their supplier. How are we doing? How, how is my shipment coming along? And most likely they're going to say, Oh, we're we're good. We're going to make it, we're doing everything we can. But now there are they are by they I mean the buyers looking into a little bit deeper of other data elements just to confirm, right? Uh, they want to make sure that they get their supply because that is one of the topics that we hear, the, the in-stock, the, the supply and assortment variety that they're looking for. We continuously hear that there are still concerns about that. You know, you, you can't go a day without hearing about supply chain issues. And here in July, we're still the same. July 2022, same situation. Now they're looking at, say, climate. And how is that affecting the product itself, not just in general, is it going to rain or is it going to be 117 degrees where you live, but rather, is it going to affect my fruit that is coming either from the United States, from across the border, Mexico, or perhaps even from another place around the world. So very interesting of what data is allowing some people to understand and what they're looking for some other things. So I hear you and pineapples was a great example. I'm glad you brought it up.
0: Hey, pineapples are still one of the top on, uh, I would say, on my menu, right? right. Uh, I love pineapples. I also, I actually had a uh, gentleman on our live session, Miguel, uh, a couple weeks ago, dark side equipment. That's right, everyone. If you want to join the dark side, you got to check out this equipment. But he actually had a pineapple peeler, and okay. I, it peeled it so fast. Uh, Miguel, I'm talking about, it was like less than six seconds that he put the pineapple on, and it literally peeled it in six seconds ready to go now these devices and these machines are for like your back-end store right right so it's less labor um but you know i brought up pineapples you just fed pineapples and i'm gonna throw it an- i threw another pineapple at you but even then it- it's it's you know think about the retailers miguel and mm-hmm. we're, we're going in a little bit of a, a different area with that I wanted to, but think about the retailers and when they're even forecasting what they need to bring in compared to having a machine like that. that can actually peel the pineapples versus having employees uh, cutting the pineapples and cleaning up the pineapples. There's a huge difference in purchasing right there from having a machine in-house to having manual labor in-house. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. And you make... You make that assortment decision of which way the product is gonna go, if it's gonna be the whole fruit or is it gonna be a slice, a convenient type of product, you can make that much closer to the consumer. That is ideal. I, I was just participating and listening to a couple of uh, of events and webinars uh, not too long ago and they're talking about this, this convenience category that even though many folks thought, hey, 2020 was an anomaly just because of the whole COVID thing and everybody at home, so everybody wanted everything ready, uh, not so much uh, in the terms of that decreasing, it is still there. So what you just said is you can always satisfy the consumer because you'll be watching your your uh, shelves and decide, hey, I need more pineapples on the cut side. And you don't have to buy them like that. They don't have to come packaged like that. You can do that right in the store. You're absolutely right. Uh, the, the job of the buyer and and actually the producer as well It's uh, I think every day it's made easier by some items like the one you mentioned but also a little bit more complex because of the varying nature of consumers out there. There's so many different categories from boomers all the way to, to Cs and, and Gs and Ys. I don't know anymore how many of them there are. Uh, that is uh, fascinating. I didn't know about that six second feeler. I need to go check into that.
0: It was Oops. really cool. And uh, something else. It, it, it was definitely cool. And uh, yeah, the different levels of generations, if we really want to just kick it off, because I, I do consider myself somewhat of a knowledgeable person. We have the the silent generation, which is still grant, my, you know, my, grandma i I still have one grandma left um then it goes to our our, my parents which Mm -hmm. are the baby boomers and then goes to the gen xers and then to the millennials and then to the gen z and then ready for all the 10 year olds and younger out there they are now called the alpha generation
1: alpha okay alpha
0: and you know what they're saying about that alpha generation is that they're going to be just like the silent generation. So think about your, your, you know, your grandma, my grandma growing up in the 30s and the 40s, right? Going mm-hmm. through the Great Depression. Um, obviously, the alpha generation is going to be more like that generation, right? Think about it. They're probably only going to have one car. They'll be a single-sized family. It's going to be a lot different based on, again, ready? You're going to love this. Everything that's going on and them realizing all that data, everything that they see on the internet, social media, it's changing the way they look at things, especially purchasing
1: well um, h- how do you plan for that right <laughs> that's the uh, that's a big question that I, I we, we know we, we get asked okay so what what can I infer from the future based on what the past has told you has told us and uh, not not everything I mean I let, let's be honest you can't you can't visualize the future hundred percent based on what the past is saying but what you're saying is fascinating now we have 10-year-olds who are probably going to be influencers before before they can even drive a car, you know? Uh, 100%. Yeah, and, and they'll be telling folks uh, which pineapple they like and which one they did not. So yep. those are things that we need to account for. And yeah, I, I, I wish we, we could uh, get more information from the needs of folks out there in terms of how they're using more and more data, more analytics efforts to try to figure out what's going to happen because uh, uh, every day is a discovery for us and and we're able to put information in front of them and what they are trying to do. and, And we see, and we, it's actually exciting helping them. It's how do I get all these numbers and statistics and how does that influence my buying decision? If you're a buyer, the consumer, of course, but the buyer, the ones that's in charge of making sure that there's enough assortment in the shelves and in telling that producer, which is also important, this is what we plan to buy, right? Because producers are, don't want to be in the dark either. They they want to produce exactly what they'll be able to sell so they don't have to throw away so much. So it's fascinating. How, how can we connect this uh, tsunami of data, if you will, because that's really where we live in right now. There's a lot of it. Which one makes sense? Which one does not make sense? Those are the type of big questions, Patrick. I know I get uh, a little bit excited and, and go down tangent, but it's, um, it's, it's real. It is real. And it important. is real.
0: I, I mean, listen, and, and again, I hear this as you're talking to. It's about relationships, everyone. And relationships are key in, in any business and in life. You know, someone told me the other day, you know, it, obviously, this is not told the other day, Um, long time ago. It's not who you are. It's who you know, right? That's like well, that main thing. But... Then he threw it out there and goes, but it's not about who you know if that person's not willing to step up for you. So you could know anybody, right? It doesn't matter who you know, but if they're not willing to step up in that cause, then it really doesn't matter, right? So you do need to pick relationships. You need to understand that that's what we're growing is relationships and helping consumers, customers, buyers all over just getting fresh produce to the table. I mean, that's what I tell everybody. We're feeding America and we're not only feeding America, we're feeding the globe here. So again, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get fresh fruits and vegetables to your table. Again, every time you put a piece of fruit or a veggie in your mouth, it is an emotional experience whether you go, "Oh my gosh," or you go, "Ah!" yeah <laughs> la, it's an emotional experience so miguel this is a perfect time we're gonna take a quick break hear from our sponsors those relationships and then get right back to talking all things data let's do it discover orchard freshness on amazon fresh with arctic apple slices arctic apple stays orchard fresh longer than other prepackaged, pre-sliced apples this means less waste and no more half-eaten apples plus You'll love the undeniable freshly picked flavor. Arctic apple slices are available in convenient grab-and-go bags in both Arctic Golden or Arctic Granny varieties in select markets on Amazon Fresh. Packable, snackable, 100% irresistible. Are you ready to enhance your skills? Every day we are tasked to make fast, effective decisions to keep up with the fast-paced produce industry. At AgTools, we take the pressure off of gathering data to help make your day easier and more enjoyable. Connecting the supply chain with AgTools is unique, practical, and easy. AgTools can be used from multiple angles of the produce industry, from farmers all the way to logistics companies. We call that 360-degree decision-making day after day. Visit us at www.agtechtools.com to gain more reliable and relevant data to see more, achieve more. And now, back to our show. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. It's always great to hear from dynamite companies producing dynamite content for the produce and supply chain industry, but not just for our industry, but for you, as we were talking about just earlier today, we've got Miguel Montero on the line from Ag Tools, everyone. Miguel, welcome back.
1: It's great to be here, Patrick, and uh, great to uh, be here with your listeners.
0: You know, I, I had something because I wanted to say this before we went on break, but I, I forgot, so I have to bring it back up. A few weeks back, we interviewed, oh gosh, it's almost a month ago, uh, Bo Jackson uh, was on the line. We were talking all things plant based. And so Bo was talking about how. They uh, R and D and try all their products, and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, this guy must be sending it out to influencers, and and they must be sending it out to like foodies." And Bo goes on to say, like he, he asked me the question, he's like, "Do you know who uh, we invite to try our products? You know, the ones that have no filters." And I'm like, "I have no idea who." And he's like, "Kids," he's like, "We invite kids." On to try our products because like you said it's an emotional experience when you eat so these kids as you said are probably going to be influencers and knowing what they want so much earlier in life because of social media because of the tiktoks now there's obviously a lot of negative proceedings with them um, right but there's, there's a lot of bad stuff on the internet as well but miguel think about it you've got A 10-year-old, like my son, who can teach you how to cut dragon fruit and eat dragon fruit two different ways. He can show you how to pit a mango. He can show you how to crown or crown this a pineapple. These are all little things that maybe we know, Miguel, right? But to the normal consumer, some people won't pick up a pineapple or a mango because they don't know how to cut it at all. But you got 10-year-olds that are going, hey, let me show you how to do this. That's amazing.
1: It is amazing, and I'm reminded when you when you mentioned Bo. Uh, Bo, Bo knows, right? They used to say, hey, "Bo knows this, Bo knows that." Uh, they they know so much today that that the the challenge is how how are we going to satisfy? How are we going to make sure that he has that dragon fruit that he's looking for? Whatever it is that they decide to shop, whether it is at the store in person or whether it is even online, right? Uh, so that is a challenge. It, and it, I think today being July uh, in 2022, we're, we're talking about the rest of the year, you know, half of 2020, 2022 already gone, right? So we need to plan. We need to start getting ready for the holiday season. How do you do that? How, how, where do you go? Where do you look like? That is a challenge that I'm telling you, it, it doesn't get any simpler. And even though there is a, what I think I called in the last segment is a tsunami of data, we are having to help and work with folks in the produce industry, both on the producing side and on the consuming side, by consumer, i mean meaning the buyers that are working for the retailers. We have to help them contextualize all this data because numbers are, are just that unless you understand what they mean. So I have no idea how we're going to figure out what a 10-year-old wants, Patrick, but it's certainly something that we need to do by reading, interpreting, and analyzing what is available to us, which is data from multiple sources. Very important and, and still very challenging, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, we wouldn't do it if it was easy, okay? This is, <laughs> listen, people think it's produce. I'm like, oh, it's easy. No, 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 no. This, this is not as easy as you think. and And yeah, it is going to be hard, but... You know, as I always say, if you're a trade association out there, invite children to your shows. I mean, you know, I I went to one trade event and well, I'll I'll just name it. SEPC will always let my kids in for free. Um, I don't have to pay for them. They get to walk the show. They get to go to the innovation station and it's, it's free. And my son has been on our YouTube videos. I am not forcing him to do any of that. That is literally me bringing my family to a show, right, and saying, hey, we're going to a hotel, and my son going, I want to come. I want to try new produce. He's he's tried plant-based ceviche. He tried the Envy and the Jazz Apple, right? He tried different types of blueberries, some from Chile, some from Argentina, some from right down the street here in Lakeland. Miguel, you you can't force that, right? You you know, you'll know it when the kid goes, you're making them try something because they're going to be like, I don't like that. So my recommendation is if you're a showcase or a trade show or an association out there and you have these events, you got to start bringing more of the children and start planning it on the weekends to literally bring kids in and then let the kids and the parents go to each booth and ask you what you do because that symbolic messaging is just like data. Once you know about it, you're going to keep using it, right? That's why everybody says McDonald's all the time. They Everybody's like, oh, McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. They don't say it because they like it so much and the ice cream machines are always working, okay? If you get that joke, if you know McDonald's, their ice cream machine never works, okay? <laughs> and it, it's, it's crazy because my daughter's always like, McDonald's, 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 McDonald's. Why Miguel? It's on every platform. It's on Hulu. It's on Pandora. It's they, they occupy every single billboard in a, in, a, in 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 a the thirty mile radius. You know, so your your mind automatically goes to that, and it's symbolic messaging that makes that happen. So we need to do a better job in getting the ten year olds, getting the school children out, and saying, "What do you like?" And guess what? If they go by your booth and go, Wah, that's okay. You want to hear what they have to say, and how you need to market for the community. I'm I'm just saying that's that's like my one, two cents I got to throw out there because my kid comes to all of them, and he wishes he can come to more.
1: Oh, and and, uh, if you think about the farm, right, I think that those that are on the producing side of produce, they get involved with it very early on in their lives, and not so much perhaps in the urban areas that are not growing. So that's fascinating that your son's a 10-year-old already is not only going with you, which uh, in and of itself is super cool, but the fact that he's willing to try new things. And that could be one of the reasons if you look say the cherries category, the whole category itself, year over year has grown close to 6%, uh, a couple of uh, points shy of that. So that it's a testament to what's happening. Uh, Younger folks, younger kids, or kids are younger, of course, they are going out there and they're trying, they're eating fresher. Uh, They walk into any supermarket now, what's the showcased area? It's the produce area. It's got light bulbs, it looks like a theater and it is exciting. So that is one of the categories, for instance, that is growing. And by the way, you said something before, the Americas, as a whole—not necessarily just West Hemisphere—but the Americas as a whole, all the way from from Canada all the way down to uh, the top of uh, the you know the tip of Chile down south—it's becoming more and more the destination for food, particularly specialty crops, produce and, and veg and and fruit for the world. Uh, it, it is a fact, it is a statistical fact that that is happening. The interest on this side of, uh, of the planet in terms of what can we provide to them is absolutely uh, easy to see with the numbers. So there's more and more interest in what is it that we are doing on the Americas to be able to supply that increasing demand. And now with younger uh, consumers coming in, it is absolutely essential that we understand where is everything coming from. Because the challenge today, it isn't necessarily, am I going to get the product, but who's competing for the product? And it's just not the, the store down the corner or other countries that are also saying, wait a minute, I want product from the Americas. So we cannot, it's not going to be just available for us in, in this side of the world, but now all the way to Japan, all the way to Eastern Europe, they're buying produce, fresh produce from this part of the world. First of all, testament to how good the product is, second to our capacity, uh, third to our infrastructure. So all those things are, again, another thing that is a challenge to all those out there looking for supply. So uh, it, it just gets very interesting by the day and very challenging by the day, Patrick.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's like the Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne by day, Batman by night, right? And there's, <laughs> and there's so many agendas that have to be covered that yep. nobody understands. Oh, that, Boom. That's the best reference I got for a Batman reference. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and you did good there. So the, the only thing that if I think it's obvious there, it's it's a 24-hour thing, right? So it doesn't matter whether it's a day or night. Something is happening somewhere. And uh, it, it is a challenge. It is a challenge, and particularly because of the, of the products that we like, right? Our produce is, like we said, it's a life product. decays immediate. Uh, the speed is essential. Uh, it's how we need to operate.
0: Yep, 100% agree. And you know, uh, the last couple podcasts, um, I mean, not in a row, but we have a series going on, uh, which is with Data Essentials, and they talk about like menu trends, right? They talk about, uh, things that are growing in the food service category, and I, I know we wanted to bring this up a little bit because one of those items was black cherries, right? And and it was crazy because when we were talking off the mic, uh, you, you were kind of like, hmm, let let's check some of the, this data out in regard to cherries. And cherries are on the rise right now, everyone. I'm seeing cherries marketed like a mofo right now. Miguel, you're probably the same. You can't you can't get on one of the social platforms without seeing cherries right now. I That's am. Uh, I hate to say this gosh i'm gonna get shot somewhere by a cherry uh, grower they're gonna slingshot a cherry at me i am not a fan of cherries and it's not the flavor of cherries it's that stupid pit that's in the middle of them you got guys like ross nelson that can eat five of them and they 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 tuck the uh, the pit in the side like guy ferrero does and i'm just sitting there like i can't do it i can't i i like just like oranges with seeds if, if an orange has too much seeds in it I'm just so turned off, right? That emotional experience, right? I hate cracking it, like if it cracking on my on my mouth or things like that. But Black Cherries, year over year, for the last four years, have been growing on the menus uh, inside of food stores, even through COVID, right? This is going pre-COVID, right? Data essentials goes pre-COVID because they want to show you that the numbers, obviously, between a downfall and then, obviously, as you said, maybe getting back to normal. But even like like I said, most people, and even myself, wouldn't have thought Black Cherries was on the menu. And then I know you were looking at some of the data saying that, yeah, there was a slight increase in, in. cherries overall as a category
1: as a category and and berries overall as a category both are both are growing uh year over year if we we compare the last 12 months to say the 21 to 20 uh june through may absolutely they're, they're growing and it is a testament to the variety that keeps expanding okay so what you the occasion point we were saying about the menu uh, why aren't bananas increasing on menus? It's not that they are not available, is that consumers are willing and interested in trying many more products than they used to. So I, I think it's a, it's an exciting time. It's a challenging time. And the the really the onus is on all of us trying to figure out how do we serve better whomever is out there trying to consume our products, right? It, it's the, the quintessential challenge. How do we make sure that in front of that consumer It's the product that they really want to buy when they want to buy it. Because I'll tell you what, one of the things that uh, we continue to hear, completely sidetracked here on a different direction, Patrick, but I think it must be brought over, is the concern with food waste. More and more, we're throwing food away. Nobody wants that to happen. But that is just not the... uh, not one side of the equation gets to blame because the producer is producing, the buyers are buying. It, there just seems to be a disconnect between what is it that we want to buy and what is it that we want to buy when, right? So it, it, it's the connection of all those different variables that are absolutely essential so that we can tackle the consumer challenge, which is let's give them what they want when they want it, and at the same time, not throw food in the back door, because not only does it cost and throws resources away, it's a, it's a shame, right, that, that we today as a world, as the world, almost 40% of what is produced gets thrown away. So it's all connected. And yet it is everyone's responsibility to try to figure out how can we contribute to lesser the or lessen the negative impacts of waste and at the same time increase the fund that is like in your son's case, to try new products. And perhaps you eat a cherry without having to worry about the seed right in the middle of it. So uh, that's, uh, I think that we, we can get on and on about this topic. And I think that's what the exciting thing about your podcast is that it brings attention to to an area that it just continues to not only grow in market-wise, uh, the statistics are obvious, but also an interest when it comes to consumers. 100% and, products.
0: and I'm going to give uh, our listeners just another fun fact. and And you might... Uh, not have heard this yet on the podcast, but like I said, when we had Mike from dad essentials on, you know, we started talking about onions and he's like pickled onions was a, a, a fastest growing veggie on the, uh, the menu. And I'm sitting here like, what do you mean? And, and it clicked. He was like, Patrick, next time you cut a full onion at the house and you only use half of it. Go ahead, right, put some vinegar in a bowl, throw some of those chopped onions in there, and then use that for Taco Tuesday the following week. Boom, less food waste. Now you're adding value to your own Onion in your own house, there's less food waste in your own house. You're now creating something a little bit different than last week's Taco Tuesday with just regular, say, sauteed onions or just fresh onions. Now you've got pickled onions on the menu in your house. Now it spices up the dish a little bit different than last week. And then third week Taco Tuesday, then add back to regular onions and throw microgreens on there. So there's so much, so much you could do. But even that, the onion comment, right? Pickled onions, you can do less food waste in your house because miguel you are right there is just a lot of people out there that they don't know what to do i'm included in one of them we all are you cut it and you're like i'm not going to use the rest of this you throw it in the trash or you throw it in a bag put it in the free the fridge uh you know produce section and then Mm -hmm. seven days later you go hey hun we should probably (laughs) trash this pepper huh exactly Yeah, yeah we haven't used it yet so I, I completely uh, agree with you. So, hey Miguel, it, it's always been great having you on the show. As I always say, you know, we like to make data fun again right and and we do it without even talking the the whole bells and whistles of it everyone ag tools yes is a fancy sponsor of the podcast a title sponsor of the produce industry podcast app but more so we believe in data i believe in data and that's what it's about it's about helping grow the produce industry together and that's what ag tools is doing so miguel if anybody wants to get a hold of yourself or the organization once again how can they go about doing that
1: we can do it very easy. You can visit us obviously at ag.tools. That's AG.tools. You may write to me at Miguel, M I G U E L, at ag.tools. Or here's my phone, 954 809 9332. 954 809 9332. Call me up, we'll talk. Uh, there's a lot going on, and it's uh, exciting not only to share with uh, your listeners but with you and with your passion for the produce industry. Thanks for uh, inviting us back. Look forward to talking to you soon again.
0: I appreciate it, Miguel. And let's give everybody a happy 4th of July.
1: Absolutely. Enjoy it out there.
0: You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new,
1: fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields
0: or on the horizon.